It's now time for the Main Event Sports Show with your host, Haven Harrington, Rashawn Myers, and produced by Jerry Hazard. The Main Event Sports Show is brought to you by Verizon Wireless, Lavish Life Hair Boutique, The Peer Group. You can follow the Main Event Sports Show at MainEventSports101.com. You can also follow the Main Event Sports Show on Twitter at MeSports. And you can also download the Main Event Sports Show app. Just go to your favorite app store and search Main Event Sports Radio. It's now time for the Main Event. Uh, They got things together, pulled it together at halftime, and... Wow, I was I was actually impressed with the Cats. I was actually impressed. It was down at six at halftime. Virginia Tech gets the ball, scores. Kentucky starts the uh, second half down eight. And next thing you know, man, the Cats just plug away. They plug away. Uh, Amadou Diallo and those guys start raining threes. Their, their defense got better on the three-point line. Mm-hmm. They made some second-half adjustments. And Kentucky with a big win against a very good Virginia Tech team. Well, I'll tell you what, hey, man, it, it's – Interesting to watch both of those games today because you had Louisville and Kentucky both struggling uh, shooting the ball. Um, you know, of course, Louisville came into the season expecting to be one of the better three-point shooting teams in the country, uh, and they have been struggling. Um, of course, they come out in MSG today, shoot the ball very well. And then Kentucky, a team who only averages about four and a half threes a game, uh, they absolutely lit it up, outshot uh, Virginia Tech from the three-point line, mm-hmm. nine made threes to uh, eight. So, I mean, no, it was it was amazing to see uh, both of these teams kind of figure something out. Um, you know, will Kentucky continue to shoot like that? You just don't know. I mean, they're a young team. Uh, you know, those young guys tend to play better at home. Uh, they got it done, but that was a big win. Uh, Virginia Tech was the number one scoring team in the country. Uh, they shot the, you know, Virginia Tech came in as one of the best three-point shooting teams, averaging uh, eight threes a game. They knocked down seven. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if, if Kentucky can continue to replicate that type of production, uh, from the perimeter, that's going to make them extremely tough because they're already one of the better, uh, you know, most athletic teams, very good rebounding the ball, uh, doing things like that. So, I mean, if, if they can start to knock down some jump shots, then you can talk about a Kentucky team that may have a possibility to make some noise in March if they can continue that. Yeah, but, you know, once again, these are freshmen, almost all freshmen. Right. So you just never know what games to show up and what games they won't because, you know, with the freshman team, that's what happens. You know, some games they're, they're world beaters. Other games they're not so world beaters. They struggle. Um, but this Kentucky team seems like they are getting better from week in and week out. They're kind of, you know, putting things together. And for such a young team, I, you know, they've been tested pretty well, I believe, in the offseason. Well, not the offseason, in auto-conference games. I thought they were tested pretty well. So, man, it's good to kind of see them kind of put those uh, the pieces to puzzle together and continue to play well. I mean, even like the only loss of the season was to Kansas. Uh, they, they played Kansas, you know, pretty tough throughout the whole game. And now you see, you know, they've been tested here and there, and they're they're beginning to step up a little bit. Well, I mean, and and, and we'll see. I mean, you know, it's 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 definitely a good win. Um, you know, they they did take advantage of their size. Um, you know, w- which we knew they would have a defined advantage down low. I think uh, you know Blackshear, uh, the big guy for um, Virginia Tech, I think was the only guy over six ten 
on the roster. UK was going to definitely have that size advantage. I think their offensive rebounding and things really started to take hold, uh, you know, in the second half. And I'm sure Buzz Williams, the coach for Virginia Tech, uh, thought he was going to have a, a pretty good advantage on the three-point line. And you would think those three-pointers would negate, you know, some of that size on the inside. But when Kentucky's hitting threes like that, you know, it's going to be tough. I mean, I, I give Vitech credit. You know, it was a, you know, one-possession game you know, with under four minutes to play. Uh, but Kentucky, Hamadou Diallo knocked down a big three and put Kentucky up five. And at that point, they were able to kind of salt the game away. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I give all the credit to Kentucky. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I mean, Kansas uh, has not shown to be as um, good as what, you know, folks thought. They lost two straight games at home. Uh, you know, coming into this week. Um, so we, we don't know how good that Kansas team is yet. Virginia Tech, you know, is, is a good team. They, they were 8-1 and one to this point in the season. Um, but, you know, it, I think there's only a couple of teams that we really know are good. And it might, when I say a couple of teams, it might only be one team. Duke, we, you know, everybody mm-hmm. knows is pretty good. But, of course, they lose on the road to Boston College. Um, this whole college basketball season is up in the air. I mean, you have Louisville um, coming out. They are playing – uh, you know, hot and cold, you know, kind of in fits and spurts. And I think, uh, you know, with this team, with everything they've gone through, they're a little bit behind most teams in terms of their development with so many things happening, uh, you know, to so close to the regular season getting started. I think they're kind of developmentally behind a lot of other teams. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's basketball. Um, everybody's excited. I mean, case in point, Indiana just won and knocked off Notre Dame. Uh, you know, in, in, in Conseco Fieldhouse. I mean, and nobody thought uh, they were going to get that done. <laughs> you know, Indiana. Yeah, nobody thought not, Indiana was going mean, to win. Indiana's 5-5 five and five coming into that game. Uh, Notre Dame's a team playing in, inside the top 15. Uh, and some kind of way, Indiana got done. So I don't really know who's – I mean, it's going to take – it's probably – we're not going to know who the contenders and pretenders are, I think, until probably in the late January. Does Louisville know how to finish – well, I mean, they, they finished. They, they could have beat that team by 30 points. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Memphis is a team that had not been playing uh, or Memphis, shooting the ball. Memphis has been well. horrible this year. Uh, I mean, they, they They've just been like a horrible team. I mean, they, they come into the game 7-2. and two. So, you know, Louisville came into the game 7-2. and two. So I can't throw too many stones because both teams had the exact same record. Now, had Memphis been life and death with some teams they should have beat bad? Yeah, but so was Louisville. So, I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like David mm-hmm. said, a win is a win. So, I mean, I, I would say that, yeah, you're right. Memphis has not played well. They were a team mm-hmm. that came into the game shooting under 30% from three. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Memphis came out in MSG today. They shot 40% from three-point land. I take that one. I take it. So, one. yeah, I mean, it's, take it I, I don't think – I thought Memphis played one of their better games to date. Uh, and, you know, with all the issues that Louisville had, um, you know, offensive rebounding, giving up a lot of boards and points in the paint, we kind of saw that jump up on them early in the first half. Uh, they gave up 20 points in the paint. Came out in the second half, kind of shut that down, did a lot better job, uh, and, and got it done. But, I mean, 91-82, um, you can't complain about that. Um, I, you know, I think that Louisville definitely still has a lot of things that they can work on. But that being said, guys like V.J. King, mm-hmm. guys like Ray Spalding, mm-hmm. guys like Anas Mahmoud, as well as Ding Adele, all showed the types of players that they can be. And I really and truly think that those guys helped make them maybe a little bit of change. There was a lot of NBA GMs and brass in the building at MSG mm-hmm. to watch that game. And I really do, especially in terms of Ding Adele and Ray Spalding. I thought they made themselves some money tonight as well as VJ King. Wow. Wow. So. Up next for Louisville, 
Yeah, I mean, you come up, you get back uh, right at it on Tuesday. Um, they're going to be uh, taking on Albany. Uh, so, you know, they come back home, they take on the Albany Bulldogs. It's actually, the, even though this was the mm-hmm. featured game, of the Gotham mm-hmm. Classic, mm-hmm. Uh, that's the final game of the Gotham uh, the Gotham mm-hmm. Classic is against the Albany Bulldogs. Um, Albany, a team that some would argue uh, is possibly you know other than Louisville, maybe the second best team in the uh, in the tournament. Um, you know, Albany, of course, uh, came out there. They lost at Memphis uh, when, when those two teams played earlier in the week. Um, so Memphis was able to knock off Albany. They Albany came into that game um, eight and one. So. You know, I mean, Albany will be another good test. You know, I mean, with Louisville, everything, and this is why I said you have to kind of understand that this team is going to have fits and spurts. They're going to have spurts where they play well, spurts where things are going good, and they're also going to have spurts where things go bad. And I think that's just because you have a new coaching staff, you have a new head coach, you have new assistants. You know, David's still trying to find his way. It's just going to be until this Louisville team is not – we're not going to see what this real Louisville team looks like until probably February. Mm -hmm. I just like the fact they actually played a complete game. They actually played a decent game from beginning Mm -hmm. to end, and it wasn't marked by halves. Because for the first several games this season – it's always been marked by halves. Like, Louisville played one really good half, and then one half, you're like, man, who are these dudes? And, like, the first, like, five or six games were like that. And you, and you didn't know if that was going to be the first half or the second half, but you knew they was going to play one good half, one bad half, just depending on which, you know, it was all a mystery which game was going to be. Right. So now they're, they're kind of putting things together. They're kind of playing a little bit more consistently throughout the whole game, which says to me that the coaching staff is going to be better at – Probably looking at game film, breaking down the teams they're playing against. The team's going to be more comfortable with the coaching staff and how they coach and what they want and what they expect. So it looks like the, you know, it's still like a filling out process. And, you know, once again, once Louisville enters ACC play, then we're going to really see, you know, like what's going on at that point. Because then it's, the coaching goes up, the talent of coaching goes up, the talent of the teams you're playing goes up and then Louisville's really going to be tested mm-hmm. and you know kind of get to see like you know what are these cards really made out of yeah I mean that that's the question man and, and you know ACC has taken a couple of knocks after you know coming out of the gates uh playing very well playing very well in the ACC Big Ten Challenge you had Notre Dame lose to Indiana today you had NC State lose at home to UNC Greensboro today um you know you, you've had uh, you had Syracuse they did hang on and beat Georgetown in overtime um, but, you know, so some of the better teams in the ACC, of course, you had Duke lose to Boston College last week. Um, so the ACC, you know, some of the other teams in the ACC that started out like a house of fire, they're, you know, kind of taking some losses as well. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's this, I think, because there were so many great players that made their way to the NBA last year. And you see the, the, the rookie class of Jason Tatum. Um, you know, and, and some of these other great rookies that, that are playing so well, Donovan Mitchell from Louisville, um, that I think college basketball is kind of get, getting their legs back under them because you just had so many megas, you know, megawatt superstars that left the game that all these teams are trying to find out who are going to be the next mm-hmm. guys. I mean, Kansas is even dealing with that. And, and they've been as, you know, they've been as dominant in the Big 12 as any team has ever been in any conference over the stretch of, you know, I think they're, what, 13 straight or, Man, or I can't even remember the last time we even lost the Big 12 championship. <laughs> so, I mean, good Lord. You know. Hey, Vin Rashawn, we got a big show tonight. we got a special guest all the way from ESPN. Mr. C.L. Brown is going to come at you, and we're going to talk a little about NFL, a little bit more about college basketball as well, too. 
We're going to talk about some uh, pro baseball boxing as well, too. You can join us if you are internet savvy. You can join us at WLOU or iTunes Radio and tap into WLOU. It's the holiday weekend with your number one sports show, ESPN, Main Event Sports Show 2017 Award. Be right back. Main Event Sports. sale shop incredible deals of the day wednesday like select charter club cashmere sweaters for her 39.99 take 50 percent off Boot styles she'll love dazzling diamond bangles or earrings only 99 dollars. save 50 to 60 percent on designer coats suits dress shirts and more for him and take 30 percent plus an extra 20 percent off great kitchen electrics macy's one day sale the perfect gift brings people together savings off regular and sale prices exclusions apply Shabley Sports, West End Family Dental, and Abbey Brito State Farm Insurance Agency proudly presents Louisville Legends, a look back. Popularly known as Cool Hand Luke and Mr. March, this calm, demeanor basketball genius came to the Belknap campus to replace John Dromo in 1971. Prior to his arrival here, Denny Crum had a phenomenal pass on the Westwood campus at UCLA. In 1956, Denny Crum played point guard for the legendary John Wooden at UCLA. He was known for his steady, intelligent play and his consistent leadership. After his tenure at UCLA as a player in 1962, he was hired as assistant coach and top recruiter. While on the bench with UCLA, Denny was an integral part of three national ship teams. Then came his big break, the head coaching job at the University of Louisville. And the rest of the story is legendary. Under his leadership, UofL became a national basketball power. In 1972, his very first year as head coach, Denny Crum advanced to the Final Four, led by All-American Jim Price, and was beaten by no one else but UCLA. Louisville fans knew from the very start they had something very special. In 1975, another Final Four year, and the same results, a loss to UCLA. True Louisville fans were devastated. But with great recruiting and due diligence, 1980 gave UFL the very first national championship. Led by Dr. Duncan Stein, Daryl Griffith, they walked away with the top prize, a national championship, with a defeat over UCLA. 1982 and 83 were again final four years for UFL. These times were unbelievable for Cardinal fans. 1986 was another championship year. UFL had changed the landscape of college basketball. In 1994, Denny was inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame. February 2007, the Freedom Hall Court was officially named Denny Crum Court. When UofL moved to the new KFC Yum Center in 2010, the basketball court was again named in Denny Crum's honor. Denny Crum, the basketball genius, a true Louisville legend. We're back with your number one sports show, main event, and Rashawn Myers and Haven Harrington in the building. 
And it is the holiday season, Haven, man. And it's always about giving. And my main man from a back, from way back. And, man, it's been a long time since I talked to this guy, man. We talk all the time. And uh, this guy here cracks me up. He's always funny, man. Mr. The Legend, Derry, Mr. C.L. Brown from ESPN. How you doing, man? Hey, what's going on, man? I don't know about legend, but I'm, I'm here. You, you're a legend. If not the legend, <laughs> C.L., or as I like to call him, C. Breezy, is the best-dressed man in college athletics. Yes, sir. By far. You, you know what? I hate to say it, but that's that's not a very high bar to clear, man. Most most, <laughs> most of the reporters <laughs> just be going to the game and be going. That's know, true. I do. I do have to correct you on one thing, though. I'm no longer with ESPN. I'm with uh, the Fieldhouse. Uh, we're a branch of the Athletic um, website, so we're okay. we're the college basketball branch of the Athletic. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. We we just started, you know, brand new. So we just started in October. Um, Subscription based website, but it, it's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully, we're providing a lot of good content for y'all. I mean, I know you are, man. I mean, that article you had uh, about UNC a couple uh, days ago, thunder. Yeah. I'm telling you. So, you know, I just want to get right into it. What's going on on Tobacco Road? You know, Duke started out like gangbusters, like a man on fire. Like they couldn't be stopped, like the Incredible Hulk. And now there's Bruce Banner. you know what i I mean i think they're still the same team you thought they were before that loss at boston college Uh, around now to me you know when you have exams and especially with the way they change the rules about practice and and making sure you know uh players have a day off like where they don't do anything related to their sport um it, it kind of has it's kind of changed stuff so i feel like it's made people, made teams disjointed. That, to me, is why you're seeing a lot of upsets right now because, or games that are closer than they should be because teams don't have that continuity because of exams and everything and players, just, their scheduling is off. So I feel like there can be hiccups. And plus, you know, that was a conference game. That's, I think that may have been the earliest, well, no, 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 but that's definitely the earliest ACC game. Right. that anybody else has played. And they did that because Duke is going to play at St. John's in New York later on in February. So they had to, you know, they had to have something to accommodate uh, that non-conference game in the middle of conference play. So, you know, I mean, it did expose Duke isn't the best defensive team, but I, I'm one of those people who doesn't really care too much about defense. Like, you got to care a little bit, but that doesn't need to be your focus because, they got the number one, you know, uh, rated offense in terms of adjusted efficiency numbers in the nation. And I look at them as having the best starting five in the nation, too. Now, CL, mm-hmm. let me just ask you about Duke, man. How, how good is Marvin Bagley? Like, I, I'm trying to think, you know, in my head of some of the guys that I've seen just come in for college basketball for their one year and dominating guys like um, you know, Michael Beasley come to mind and Kevin Durant come to mind. Um, but Marvin Bagley, I, I mean, I don't know if he takes a backseat to much of any of these guys as dominant as, as, he, as he's been coming out the, the, the box. Like, how, where, where do you put Marvin Bagley? I mean, let's forget, we understand he's the best freshman this year. But, you know, where, where do you put this young man with what he's done so far in the pantheon of, of, of freshmen over the last maybe 10 to 20 years? Um, that's a great question. He's, he's up there. Uh, obviously, it, that's, that's a, <laughs> a very simple. It, it's, 
it's like he just brings different kind of things to the table. Like, just right. sticking with Duke, if you compare him to uh, Jaleel Okafor in 2015. Right. I mean, Okafor wasn't a guy who really operated outside of the paint and outside of the block like Bagley does. Bagley is much more athletic. Bagley can snag a rebound and take it coast to coast if they need him to. Right. Like, he, he just brings so many different things to it. But they have so many guys, especially when you're just talking about their starting five, that even though Bagley is averaging 21 and 11, he he doesn't have to do everything, you right. know? Like, it, it's not like he's on, on every possession there, like, we got to get it to Marvin because, you know, obviously Grayson Allen, Gary Trent Jr. Uh, Wendell Carter is so underrated because he's playing with Bagley. If, if Bagley wouldn't have reclassified, Wendell Carter could possibly be, you know, up there with with the best, what we're talking about, the best big men, especially right. freshman oh, wow. big men in the nation right now. That's so uh, I, I don't I don't know exactly where to rank Bagley, but I just like that boy good. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> that boy good. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, it's and, and you know, the guy that I actually like the best, even though Marvin Bagley, uh, he kind of reminds me of uh, of Lamar Odom, you know, out of Rhode Island, just with his, mm-hmm. you know, some of the things he can do. He's a he's an amazing talent. But believe it or not, my favorite freshman is actually Gary Trent Jr. Like oh, yeah. that kid just seems to be so money. He's one of the better two guard prospects, you know, wing guys that I've seen. He's just so solid. He just doesn't ever seem to get rattled. He seems to be just an absolute knockdown shooter. He's been a guy to hit the big shots. He wants the ball in those clutch times, you know, and, and it, you not only have to worry about Grayson Allen, but Gary Trent Jr. Man. is just as dangerous. I mean, this, is this Duke team talent-wise, is this team better than the Okafor Justice uh, Winslow team that won the title? Uh, I, I would have to say yes, but the difference is they're not as experienced, so I, I'm not sure how that's going to play out come March. You know what I mean? And right. and and we can go back to that Boston College game because that was their first. Uh, well, no, they won at Indiana, but that being a road situation for for a conference road game, like I don't think they went into it, especially because Boston College was was a team that's predicted to be what like 14th or in the right. league or 13. They're they're in the lower half of the league. So I think they kind of went into that game kind of thinking two things. One, we can show up and win. And two, once they got behind, they had come back, you know, against Florida, against Texas in those games. So I think they were just thinking they could fall back on that, like we'll turn it on when we want to. And obviously it didn't work out like that. So they do have to get a little bit better defensively. For, for all of that, but, I mean, these, these guys are so talented. The thing about these freshmen, too, is all all four of them in the starting lineup, they came in with, like, like ready-made bodies for, right. you know, they – well, Bagley still got some development, obviously, but – that's, I mean, a scary, that's a like, scary comment, CL. Oh, that's a very scary comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, so so, so just as a, as a whole, I mean, we've seen the ACC. They came out and completely dominated the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Um, what do you think about the ACC this year? It seems like um, there's a lot of really good teams there. It seems like almost everybody – uh, with the exception of probably Pittsburgh and Wake Forest taking a, a bit of a step back after Collins goes to the NBA and he's tearing up for the Hawks. Um, it seems like all these teams have gotten better this year. How tough of a conference is the ACC? Is it by far and away the best conference in college basketball? I won't say by far and away. I think they're better at the top than, than anybody else. 
but I, I think the SEC is coming up this yeah. year. Like, I think the SEC is, is deep, could have eight teams in the, in the NCAA tournament easily. I, I don't think – I think it kind of falls off in the ACC. Like, it, it's going to be solid, you know, but I, I think there's a little bit of drop-off. And we see, you know, Notre Dame losing again today right. to right. Uh, to Indiana. And, you know, what, a week and a half ago, they were, like, top five. Yeah. So, yeah, and Florida State lost the game. They shouldn't have lost to Oklahoma State. I mean, I'm just saying they shouldn't have lost talent-wise. They're, they're better than, than losing to Oklahoma State. So, you know um, – Obviously, Duke, Carolina, Virginia is, is vintage Virginia. Miami is a team I don't think we're talking about enough, even though they they, they won at Minnesota, but they don't have a complete resume with, with just a couple of good wins. You look at like, wow, they went and did this. So the jury is still out, but I think they do have the talent to, to be uh, a top, a legitimate top 12 team and, and have a, a legitimate chance at winning the league. But outside of that, I think there's a drop-off. I would have put, at the beginning of the year, I would put Louisville in that same top tier. But I still think there's a lot of wait and see with Louisville, too. You know, and that brings us to my next question, because, you no, know, you used to be the, the beat writer here for the Courier-Journal, so, you know, you used to follow the cards. But now, you know, you kind of live on Tobacco Road. You kind of got a different perspective, you know, being on a, a little bit further away from here. What's your take on the, on the cards? Well, I thought that Indiana win was was huge for them because I felt like, obviously, outside looking in, it just seemed like there was so much weight on this team. And I, and from talking to different fans and stuff that I still keep up with uh, that are UofL fans, it just seemed to be like, you know how it can be there. Like, it, it's just the air is thick. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, when, oh, yeah. when they're not playing well, it's just like, People are fidgety and like not not settled, and I think that that game really gave them a lot of confidence. I feel like, and I, I think that moving on from there, we, we might see something different. Even though when you look at their losses, those were two legitimate losses, you know, and and games they certainly could have pulled out in the end, and games they'll probably learn from later. Uh, but to happen with everything that happened in the off season, and then. The, to come in and have these high expectations and drop those games back-to-back, I think just kind of made people feel a certain way. And then they were playing Siena, and that game was kind of ugly and, and back and forth early before they blew it out. But I, I just think there was a lot of kind of restlessness with this team. But um, obviously they still got talent. So uh, that, that December 29th game against Kentucky will definitely be something that could, could either launch them to, to a different stratosphere if they win it, or you know we'll still be saying, well, let's let's be patient with this team and see what happens in conference play if they lose it. So oh, yeah, wow. man, we, check us out, man. I tell you what, I know there's a lot going on about the University of Louisville, but um, we're going to take another uh, small break. CL, man, and it's good to hear from you, man. It's been a long, long time, man, since I have yeah, talked yeah, to you, man. Long. The best dressing guy in sports, Sports <laughs> Radio. Far. By far, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, no doubt about it. We're going to talk about a, a, a special person, my main man, Bob Bell, and June gave me some Christmas music. I'm not going to play it on the show. Okay. Got, Christmas music, because Haven, you know, Haven's fear factor of Christmas music right now at this particular time. But June and Bob Bell and uh, Dolly, happy birthday to you. She's still celebrating her birthday, and uh want to send a shout-out to Bob Bell, and then we're going to come back and talk to C.L. Brown. And Rashawn Myers is suited and booted. 
his, his uh, birthday bash, his little party he's going to have, his little job party. We're going to talk about that as well, how he's suited and booted. Okay, children, we're done with the alphabet. Next subject, financial well-being. How to manage your money. Turn to page five of your textbook. When it comes to money, you can never start learning too early. That's why starting today, State Farm wants to give you the tools and support you need to take control of your finances. Tonight, read the chapters on credit cards and balance transfers. Pop quiz tomorrow. Find out more at letstarttoday.com. State Farm, here to help life go right. What's on the menu at your home tonight? Overly ambitious dinner. There's nothing like trying a complicated recipe after a long day. Overly ambitious dinner. Wow, that looks nothing like the picture. If you like eating dinner at 9.45 at night, then you should try... Dinner. That dinner will always be there. But Taco Bell's rolled chicken tacos are only here for a limited time. Shredded chicken all rolled up with your choice of dip. At participating locations. Are you at home but you kind of wish you weren't? <laughs> and you should really stick around the house because of reasons? Give me no baseball in the house. That's why Buffalo Wild Wings has a new online ordering experience. So when your kid brings home a stray dog, <laughs> that's actually a coyote, a rabid one. <laughs> For whatever reason, life requires you to stay put. Get takeout with our new online ordering experience and be where you have to be. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Sports. Availability may vary. We're back with your number one sports show, main event, your host, Haven Harrington, Rashawn Myers in the building. Special guest, Mr. C.L. Brown is in the building as well, too. And uh, C.L., we still got the jams, too, man. You you don't remember that back in the day, we still got the music, C.L.? Wait, say that again? We still got the music, man. You know you know how back in the day, we got the music for you, man. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let me get into this real quick. And uh, Haven, uh tapped into a little bit of it. What's your intake about this whole thing, about this Rick Pitino, Tom Jarrett, about this lawsuit that's going on with Rick Pitino back and forth with the University of Louisville? What is your intake on the outside of what you're hearing from some of your colleagues? Well, I I think at this point it's just posturing, and they'll end up eventually settling whatever kind of monetary settlement Pitino gets. They'll settle that out of court. Uh, You know, I I think it's always... People going buck wild with lawsuits, you know, uh, trying to flex and trying to make it seem like the other side was at fault. But ultimately, this this will get done, especially because I mean, I think I think Patino has a uh, I think he has a, a cause because the FBI stuff. There's nothing that directly indicates he had knowledge. Everything is just kind of smoke. You know, so there's there's no absolute proof that he had any involvement with it. So I think because of that, the university will probably have to come off. That's just my opinion. I don't I don't have any facts to back that up with. No, but, um, 
See, I was surprised more than anything, though, that that this is the way that Jurich, given that all that he had built there in the athletic department, that this is how you know he ended up. Uh, this is how he rides out of town. You know that that more than anything else surprised me. No, I, I totally agree with you, CL. And you know, I, I think that unfortunately for Patino, because of the other scandals, this was definitely going to be the last straw for him. And, and I think everybody saw the writing on the wall. I agree with you about Jurich. Um, but the, my question is for the University of Louisville, having such a public kind of squabble to where Louisville's on the bottom line and on the lead every other night on ESPN and, and kind of all this kind of arguing and stuff. Usually this stuff is played behind the scenes between lawyers. The guys get their settlements and move on. In my opinion, I think this hurts the University of Louisville with maybe some future prospective athletic directors and maybe even some coaches. The way Louisville is handling all this arguing and bickering back and forth through the media, do you think this might hurt Louisville's coaching search or even their AD search uh, You know, once they move forward? I actually don't. I think that it, when all is said and done, it's a great job. <laughs> right. You know, and and especially the way George built everything up. That the AD job is much better than when he came, you know, in terms of its value to somebody else from the outside. And men's basketball at Louisville is always going to be a coveted job. Now, the thing that might deter somebody from taking that job initially is going to depend on what kind of penalties that the NCAA comes down with because that, that could mean that they don't get their first option, whoever that might be, uh, to, to take the job just because if somebody is going to come there and, and basically be saddled by scholarship reductions and all that stuff and it'll take a while to get back up, up to you know the level we expect Louisville to be, then that, that could make somebody pause. But outside of that, I don't really see any of how this is playing out because I think this would play out the same way regardless of what the university was. Uh, I think it kind of play out the same way with people trying to get their money. But um, I, I think ultimately people will look at UofL being in the ACC, being one of a few Power Five jobs, being a great basketball you know, program and, and tradition and situation. So... Uh, they're they're going to be they're going to have their line of suitors. I, I don't think that's really going to change much. Hey, see, let me ask you this: Will Louisville ever bounce back from this? The question is, is how fast will it take? You know, that, I I I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but I don't think that'll be a problem at all. No, no, no. What about it? What about it in recruiting? David Padgett went out on recruiting back in. Uh, he went, Matter of fact, a few weeks ago, he went to uh, Florida to the IGE. IMG. Yeah, he mm-hmm. met a, mm-hmm. uh, a kid at a, at a three-star. What do you know in Louisville get three stars? <laughs> Coming from five-star All-Americans well, from uh, Rickettino. Uh, I mean, technically, you think about it for a while there, Patino's recruiting had quote-unquote gone down. Think about the class that Russ Smith came in. Yeah. Russ, Russ, was, Russ was two stars, wasn't he? Of course. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know? So um, I, I don't think that's a big deal, but I think what – what ha- what happens in recruiting more than anything else? What hurts your recruiting is uncertainty. And right now, we don't know what's going to happen with postseason bans and whatever else with with U of L. So that's why it's going to be hard to recruit right now. And that's also why the best thing to me, the best thing that can happen 
for U of L is for them to have everything known, for them to just go ahead and get the penalties and know exactly what they're dealing with. Because then you can start making a pitch to kid if you know, well, hey, well, we're not going to do X, Y, Z in this year, but two years down the line we'll be, you know, fine. And people can people can buy into that and believe into a vision once you actually know what's going on. But all of this right now, well, we have to wait and see. Because, honestly, that's what hurt North Carolina and Roy Williams on the recruiting trail for a while because of all the the uncertainty with what was going to happen. And, you know, obviously nothing ended up happening for, for Carolina, but um, and it'll be different there, obviously. But uh, all of that uncertainty, he, he, he didn't get anybody, basically. He didn't get any, any top ten kids mm-hmm. uh, except yeah. for when Justin Jackson, Justin Jackson, Joel Berry, and Theo Pence in that class they just wanted to come to Carolina, and they were already committed early before, like, the second round of, of the whole notice of allegations and everything dropped. So they were committed. And I, and I I would imagine a place like Louisville, you'll have some kids like that, too, some kids uh, from the area and, and the region who just wanted to play it. That was their school growing up. They want to play there, mm-hmm. they, yeah. and they won't care about what's going on. They want to play there. So, so yeah, you, you um, threw your uh, team out there, too, North Carolina. Why would you slide it in there for <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you say my team. <laughs> North Carolina, man. You're a North Carolina fan, correct? <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a North Carolina graduate. I cover college basketball. But you, so I but, don't have a team. But you like North Carolina. I was Carolina. a Maryland fan growing up, if we want to be technical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I used to watch all ACC games. Mm-hmm. I, I would, like, take box scores, sit in front of the TV, write down scores and rosters and everything like that. So, um, I, I I wouldn't throw myself in the North Carolina fan category. <laughs> now, now, um, CL, I do want to ask you just as far as um, back to college basketball as a whole. We've seen so many just kind of megawatt superstars leave college basketball and head to the pros. We see Laurie Marketing from uh, Arizona and how well he's playing for the Bulls, and we see Donovan Mitchell how he how well he's playing for the Jazz, and of course Jason Tatum what he's doing leaving Duke and heading to Boston. It seems like um, there were a lot of very very good uh, you know top end time Luke Kennard from Duke as well. Um, all these guys kind of left, and they're making an impact in the NBA right now. And it seems like college basketball right now is kind of struggling to figure out. We know Duke is good, but after that, who's next, who's the, who are the, you know, what do you see from college basketball? How quickly are they rebounding from losing so much talent from last year? And who are the teams that you kind of look at at the top of the pecking order right now? Well, I think you have to start with Villanova and, and, you know, obviously they're number one right now too. And they've got, they've got a core of guys, the thing that I still like and respect in teams and, and when it's time to fill out brackets, I look at who their point guard is and how much experience they have. Right. And and Villanova has all of that. Uh, Jalen Brunson is one of the best point guards in the nation to me right now. They have Mikael Bridges, who is who has kind of had, you know, he's basically been a role player for three years, and he's having a breakout year this year where he's, he's elevated right. his play. Um, and both of those guys and Phil Booth, all three of them played in the national championship game in 2016. So you, you can't beat having guys like that with that kind of experience. Plus, this is a different kind of Jay Wright team. Normally we used to just seeing him roll out four guards and, and the big men is kind of an afterthought. Well, they got Omari Spellman is, is, is like solid inside for them and they, they're not quite as small as they usually play. So, um, I think they're a legitimate team, uh, 
I think Texas A&M is legitimate. They got they got basically one of the best front courts to me in the nation yeah. too. Um, they still have to cut down on turnovers, but I think they're up there. Um, but the surprise team I feel like in the nation right now is Arizona State. Yeah, they kind of so came out of nowhere yeah. <laughs> as yeah, far yeah. as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah. But they got good guards. Trey Holder can drop. He dropped forty on Xavier. Had twenty nine, I think it was, at, at Kansas in their win. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a bevy of guards. It's it's to me like I don't I don't think that it hurts to lose so much talent every year because I feel like the talent outside of sometimes when just that the recruiting class is down as a whole, you know, mm-hmm. coming in, but. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think college basketball just kind of restocks every year, and it's it, it's just a little different. But it's you know than than how we kind of grew up seeing players grow within the programs and you know teams being able to make moves like that. But um, I, I still think we're seeing uh, seeing a good product. Yeah, to, to to me, I think this might be mm-hmm. one of those years where we might see a Butler or a George Mason, or it just feels like one of those years where you could have one of those odd teams make a run. Xavier is playing, you know, very well right now. I mean, I I could definitely see one of those teams, maybe from the Big East, or one of those teams that you're not necessarily your established teams make that big run to the Final Four this year. That's a great point because uh, even though Villanova is number one, even though I think Duke, if everybody, if every team in the nation plays to their potential, I think Duke wins the championship because yes. I just think their ceiling is higher than everybody else uh, in that respect. But um, but nobody is head and shoulders above you know anybody else. Like I think uh, <laughs> to take Bart Scott's line, anybody can be beat. Like I, I don't think there's anybody out there that I'm just really dominant. Like this team is scary. See, let me ask you, uh, switch gears real quick. Let me, what's your intake with, with the uh, Lamar Jackson? Um, you mean in terms of what, what his NFL potential is? That and Heisman Trophy. Well, I think because the team didn't win as big this year, uh, I, I could see why he didn't repeat. And, and I actually think if Deshaun Watson would have won it last year, I think Lamar would have had a better chance of winning it this year. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I think oh, yeah. part of the reason why he was maybe discounted a little bit was because, oh, he already got his. So <laughs> let's look and see who else is out there. And and obviously Oklahoma being in the in the playoff, you know, that, that helped Baker Mayfield's uh, stock. I didn't watch a ton of Baker Mayfield anyway. Me either. But it, it kind of irritates me to hear this talk about Lamar Jackson not being able to play, or maybe he should move to receiver in the league and all that kind of stuff. Because obviously, I feel like this only happens with black quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There's always oh, yeah. people looking for more holes to pick. And and I, I mean, it's 2017, about to be 2018. You feel like we we've covered this, we've moved past this, we've already got a track record of black quarterbacks who've done it. You know what I mean in the league, so I don't see why we're still at this point where where that's that's even a discussion. You know, but um, yeah, oh yeah, go I'm ahead. I'm say it just amazes me. He doesn't have point. the look yeah, of, I mean, of like, a top quarterback. You know, it just amazes me because, like, if, if you look at like his stats, his pass, especially just his passing stats. You know, he's cut down interceptions, increased his completion percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, every type third down percentage. Uh, percent completions versus blitzes and everything <laughs> else. No, he has gotten markedly better than last year. 
And it still just amazes me, like, the names these guys come up with as better quarterbacks. Like, the dude from Wyoming who is complete. Josh Allen. Who's trash. Yeah, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, who's trash. I watched him play three games. Horrible. And he's trash. He's made as an interception machine. You know what? I hadn't seen seen him at all. Uh, I hadn't paid any attention to to him. But I I thought what, what I also thought was unfair was that, you know, going back to last year, like, He's a sophomore. You know what I mean? He's a true sophomore. And, and yeah, exactly. And so people, to me, were just heavy-handed. Like, if, if you put that in perspective of this is his second year, um, you know, in this role, and he's still growing and he still has a lot of potential. Like, it's like he's not even getting credit for that. I, I don't I – don't, I just don't understand it with, with Lamar Jackson and with, with black quarterbacks as a whole – that we still got to go through these discussions. It just it just doesn't make sense to me, especially given that I mean, you mentioned having the look, quote unquote. How many garbage quarterbacks are there in the league right now that they're going through it? You know, on different teams, and I just it it just makes no sense to me. No, you're absolutely right, and it's funny because they talk about the look of the quarterback, but if you look at the quarterback position and look at the guys who are starting across the NFL, all the guys are different. They all get it done different ways. You exactly. Have some guys that are statues in the pocket, some guys that are mobile, some guys like Carson Wentz that are balanced. So there is no literal look of who are starters in the NFL because yeah. if you're good enough to play, you find some kind of way to get it you done. Got the short guys. And my thing, too, is like some of it comes to coaching. Like if you have a quarterback that's an exceptional talent, but you, you're trying to harness his talent into the square you're trying to put him in, then that's on you. That's on the coaching. It's to be creative enough to come up to, with ways to accentuate the, the talent instead of trying to put – a person into a system. Right. Like, I, I think all of that factors in. So I, I, I just hope that he ends up going somewhere where it's, it's the right fit. Please, any, any place besides Cleveland work for me. Any place <laughs> but Cleveland. Hey, but see, Breezy, man, hey, thanks for calling in. Before I let you go, man, let everybody know where they can read your great articles. Uh, at theathletic.com backslash fieldhouse. Uh, we, we, uh, we're under the umbrella. If you just go to theathletic.com anyway, you'll be able to find it because we also have uh, what we call the All-American, which focuses just on college football, and then uh, all of our coverage from our city hubs. So I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, it, it don't need to be this long again before before I come back. So hey, man, you're right. Man, you're right about that because we got so much to talk about, especially – as this FBI probe gets a little bit deeper into college basketball, I, mean, I can't wait to have you back kind of break that down. I'll, I'll leave you with this. They're, they bluffing, man. They don't have – they don't have I, – I don't believe they have that much help. <laughs> they yeah. bluffing. I like it. I like it. There we go. <laughs> man, I don't believe them. The FBI just bluffing, man. Hey, hey man, uh-huh. thanks, CL. Appreciate the call in, man. Merry Christmas, right, CL, man. You. Merry Christmas. Miss you, man. Merry Christmas to you guys. Yes, I mean, sir. Have a good one. There we go. All right. Check out the field house, man. C.L. Brown Put doing big down. things. I'm still on ESPN for letting him go. Uh, you know, all those layoffs, letting go of so many great college uh, college basketball guys. Um, you know, just man, the ridiculous. ESPN really just hollowed out all the college basketball staff. Yeah, just let everybody go. Back. You Andy Katz, C.L. Brown, so many crazy, guys. Crazy, man. but you know, hey, we'll take a quick commercial break. We come back, man. Let's talk about did Patino and Jurich kill the NBA to Louisville? Did they kill the Hornets? 
No, no, say it ain't so. We'll talk about that and much, much more when we come back on your main event sports show. Main event. Shavley Sports, West End Family Dental, and Avery Brito State Farm Insurance Agency proudly presents Louisville Legends. A look back. Pound for pound, inch for inch, the greatest brother combo to play collegiate basketball, and they wore the cardinal red and black. The brothers McCray came to UofL as decorated high school stars from Mount Vernon, New York. In 1978, Scooter McCray was declared the number one high school player in the nation by most scouting services. Scooter's freshman year in 1979, he started in the center position and was known for his incredible passing skills. During Scooter's sophomore season in 1980 against the University of Tennessee, Scooter went down with a serious knee injury. In came little brother Rodney to replace Scooter at center, and the rest is legendary. With the moral support of big brother Scooter, Rodney played fantastic. Scooter continued his career at UofL and left as a number 11 all-time assist leader with 349. Scooter was a second-round draft pick by the Seattle Supersonics. After his NBA career, Scooter came back to University of Louisville campus as an assistant coach under his mentor, Denny Crum. Scooter now resides in Louisville as a business entrepreneur. Little brother Rodney also had a phenomenal career at UofL, being a starter on three Final Four teams, 1980, 1982, and 1983. Rodney played 10 seasons in the NBA. His last as a member of the world champion Chicago Bulls in 1992 and 1993. Rodney was honored as a member of the all-defensive team in 1988 in the NBA. Pound for pound, inch for inch, the greatest combo to play collegiate basketball, the Brothers McCray, true global legend. Back with your number one sports show, the formula, D-O to the C. Yeah, you don't know about that, Dave. You don't know about that, Dave. I still got that cassette. No, you don't. You don't have it. You don't have it. I still got that cassette. And I also have Heavy D and the Boys cassette. Oh, man, Mount Vernon. Money earning Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon. Yes, former Heavy D. He passed away. Yeah, he had a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's going on? Before we get back into the sports real quick, what's going on Tuesday at 4.30 at uh, Baxter Community Center? Tuesday at 5.30 to Baxter Community Center. Many of sports show along with the Texas Roadhouse and the Community Connection show with uh, James Lynn and Margaret Harris. We have gotten together, and we are going to feed 400 families. Exactly. 400 families December 19th 
at the Baxter Community Center. We're going to feed 400 families as well as. We need toys. We're going to bring in toys as well for over 125 youth. If you guys have a have a voice and have a heart to uh, support a great cause who's less fortunate than ourselves, uh, call me. I'm Jay Hass. If you have a if you have a toy, if you if you want to have a donation, you can call me at five zero two eight eight nine one three six six. It's going to take place uh, December the nineteenth, Tuesday, at four thirty, and uh, we're going to have Santa Claus. And uh, who's on the panel? Matter of fact, Mr. Steve Muzz going to bring the message. Former. Uh, McDonald's All-American, Manuel Force is going to speak his speak. And Angelique Price is going to bring the message. And, and the host is going to be none other than Jay Has. The great one himself. Yes, yes. If you guys have a hard support, we, we are short of toys. We need your support. If you have a heart, you can call, call me or contact me. 502-889-1366. That's Jay Has, okay? Appreciate you so very much for this holiday season, yeah, Hayes. This is just like one of a many things that the Maven Sports Show has done this holiday season. Last mm-hmm. night, we had a, a Russell Neighborhood Caroling event. Yeah. We worked with all the neighborhood churches. We kind of got together and we walked around the Russell Neighborhood and, and caroled uh, mm-hmm. through the night. So, hey, that was fun. They went back to Joshua Tabernacle. Had some great hot chocolate, but I'd like to thank Rachel Platt <laughs> and, and uh, others from the city from showing up and singing with us and joining with us. We had a great time, and, you know, we still have our own toy drive as well. The Man Even Sports Show is putting together. We're going to bless 20 families uh, with toys. As a matter That's going to be actually Friday. Friday, and we're going to actually do that a little bit different because we're actually going to go out and deliver the toys. Yes, at 6 p.m., between 6 p.m. and 9, December the 22nd, and if you have a heart, you can go to Lavage. Uh, Lavish Life Hair Boutique at 1901 Barstown Road. She has a box set up. You can donate toys there. Uh, once again, to give my man Jay has you can, a call. You can call me if you have a, if you have a toy for the December the 22nd. This is actually uh fourth year for Benjamin Sports Show and myself. 23 years of Jay has of supporting toys in the West Louisville area. If you have a heart, you can contact me at 502-889-1366. It's just a simple and I want to send uh, once again, I want to send a shout out to Bob Bell, Dolly, on Georgia, on uh, Thama and uh, June and for the Christmas music. And I want to say we love you guys. And Rashawn, you look good. You're going to your uh, Christmas party tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. My, 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 my co-workers, you know what I'm saying? They're already getting it going. So I'm Hoorah. Got to show my face in there at least. Hoorah. You look people. good, man. You got your little uh, look at him, candy man. cane towel. Like, you know, you got the black and black on, man. Yeah. Look at you. It's the Undertaker. Right, that's it. That's how I do it. That's how I do it. <laughs> 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 the Christmas spirit went all black. That's, that's what's up. That's nah, it. man. That's it's it. all about love, man. That's what it's all about, man. Between its... This year has been a special year, man, and uh, it's been tough for a lot of people. It's been good for a lot of other people's well too. But we got to think outside the box. It could be us one day, and unfortunately, you want to step to the plate and support and show your love. That's it. That's it. That's what it's all yeah. about. And man. for everybody up there talking about, you know, Rick Pitino and Tom Jurich ran off. Uh, you know, the NBA from uh, the city of Louisville. You know what? That's on your city of Louisville government. At the end of the day, the Memphis uh, State Tigers did not want the Memphis Grizzlies coming there and taking in and moving in on their fanship. Mm. And you know what the city of Memphis said? What did they say? Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. And they mm. went ahead. They brought in the Memphis Grizzlies and had it done. If you allow. <laughs> so, what really happened, I'm going to tell you right now because I was. Here we go.
Diddy brought that on themselves. I'm not going to just say that it was Patino and Jurich's fault. Everything go. seems to be Patino's and Jurich's fault. Whatever. No, so I'm not here. Hey, we got to go, ladies. I'm we not gotta hearing go. that. Here's the homer. You we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Man, it's sports over. Sean, yes. Haven, Jay has. Merry Christmas to you guys. We, we're going to do this again next Saturday for your uh, Christmas Eve. All right? And matter of fact, before we get out of here, I got a pair of uh, zoo tickets, Texas Roadhouse, and Kroger's. Comments of Kroger's. Get you some food for the holiday season. Take caller number two. I am Jay Harris. It's what I do. It's what we do. Man, the sports show. We show our love. We get back. Thanks for much. Hey, we're out. Without any struggle. There is no progress. Peace. Had my eyes on the throne since I came to this earth. Yeah. Greatness, I'm destined for more than the universe. I'm a king, boss. Rule everything I survey on my word. Put in work, 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 work. I run the turf like a running back. Hit me the ball and I.